Welcome to Season 8 of Sundays with Wendy, The Healing Guide. My name is Wendy Goldberg, and I am founder of the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation. Healing is at the heart of our work, so this season, I wish to offer not a map, but more of an allowance to navigate. It was developed to anchor what I found to be true from the more profound events, but I believe this guide can be used for just about anything. You fill in the blank. The six episodes will tell the tale. So listen in as I go through them. Energy, nothing more. Exploring healing. The healing tribe. Keep going. How to navigate. And there is only love. It may take listening more than once to resonate, but there is a way to witness and experience life that will help define purpose, beauty, and a deeper understanding of love. Let me be your guide. Episode 3, The Healing Tribe It scares most people when I say that I was comfortable with uncertainty, but it is where I lived. The place was free from playing into the fear of the unknown. Instead, I let it in. In the summer of 2021, I thought I had a hemorrhoid. Never having the experience of one before, all of my supposed symptoms were explained after visiting WebMD. Yet by the fall, the problem had not gone away and knots had grown in my pelvic area. An ultrasound led to further investigation and I was sent for a CT scan. I was waiting for the results in a meeting one afternoon across town. My doctor called and said, I want to come by your office. It was not like her to make house calls, even though she knew my family well. I calmly said, sure, but I knew the news was not good. Driving back to the office, I was outside my body. I felt floaty and not in a good way. It could not be the C word. I physically felt fine. Well, a little tired, but who isn't? I walked in and she was sitting in my waiting room. Her hands were tight around a folder and her eyes were full of tears. She followed me back to my office and we sat at the conference table. Looking down, she said, you have to see yourself on the other side of this. I started crying, reaching for the paper. The words jumped out at me, anal mass, activity in the lymph nodes, and lesions on the liver. The word metastatic was also listed. Remember when we did the podcast episode, Finding Your Healing Tribe, she said? I shook my head, yes. You need to find your healing tribe. In that episode, we discussed the body's ability to heal itself. It dropped a few months earlier, and it may have been a precursor. I had only scratched the surface because my official diagnosis was stage 4 anal cancer, a rare cancer at that. WTF? Now I was going to have to go around saying of all the cancers I had anal cancer? A literal pain in my ass. The prognosis was not good, with a 30% five-year survival rate. Browsing the internet, I came across some information I wish I hadn't seen. The stories either had too much unnecessary information or lacked any sense of positivity or motivation, even the ones labeled inspirational. And not to mention the words that surround an illness, battle, fight, warrior. I did not like them. They handed the power over to the illness, not where it should be, within us. 
I had to shed the labels, statistics, and constraints and work with my body, not against it. No fight, just heal was my new mantra. I guess it was familiar for me to stand out in one way or another, so why would I question it now? I knew the cancer world intimately with my son's journey, and I was left to surrender to all that would present. At first I was mad as hell. I had done all the things to be healthy. Why didn't it work? A self-proclaimed health nut, I was detoxing, reading health books, dry brushing my skin, and driving everyone around me bonkers 30 years ago, way before it was cool. My obsession with nutrition, exercising, and general wellness left me the subject of family jokes. My ex-husband would stare at the cabinet full of supplements and ask, you think all of this is keeping you alive? I did. Maybe it would be what would pay dividends now. I would go into the treatments in overall good health, except for the pesky cancer. I battled the exploring of healing I had done and the sharing of it. The podcast tagline was insights on the healing journey, kind of an oxymoron considering. My life situations forced me to ride a pendulum from one side to the other. Then a quiet awareness would come over me in the form of gratitude for what I did have, a lot of love. The craze would subdue, and the moment became almost safe. This was one of those times. There was a lot at stake. I could not run my firm and my health at this level, so I chose to sell the practice. 17 years in development, it was as progressive as I was, having the best technology, operating mainly virtually, and had tripled in size. On the day I reached out to my most valued clients, I truly grasped the meaning of pentacle. Without exception, each one professed their love, shed tears, or both. It had done all I had ever wanted it to do. Their creation was not something that could be easily explained. It was an extension of myself. The same could be said for my health care. We are whole, I'll bet, in the medical world, we are only looked at as a disease. The virtual charts at institutions were full of facts, labs, appointments, and reports. Why isn't there a place on the chart to see the whole person, a bit of our personality? what we like, what makes us tick. Perhaps if the whole person was taken into account, it could deepen the connection, the conversation, and impact healing or outcomes. I was the fourth person on the maternal side of my family to have cancer. My grandfather, colon and esophageal, my mother lung, me anal, and Ben neuroblastoma. I considered there was more to the disease than what was on the chart. I went to different hospital systems and experienced different patient approaches. On my first oncology visit, the nurse asked a question upon taking my blood pressure. Do you still have your lymph nodes? I was horrified. I had not been officially diagnosed, and it was not breast cancer. She had not read me or my chart. At another institution, walking back to triage, I was in a mini dress with a pastel ombre scarf around my head. The nurse greeted me and said, smiling, girl, that is some high fashion. It made me smile back. If I had to pick which experience saw me as a person, I would go with the latter. It really doesn't take much. A simple shift in approach could do the trick. There were also the doctor's goals versus mine. 
The doctor's goal was to give me a quality of life for a period, and my goal was to heal. Either way, I would call in the tribe. They were the practitioners of osteopathic medicine, psychology, nutrition, Reiki, acupuncture and herbs, massage, and meditation. I didn't enjoy waiting for the treatment to take effect or for the scan results. I wanted to be actively involved in my health. My primary care physician was an osteopath. She had a holistic approach to patient care, and I was able to express what was important to me. I want to do energy medicine. I will support you in any way, she said. I love talking about energy medicine with her. She defined it as any form of medicine that gives the body more energy to heal. It has been used for thousands of years, operating on a unique level, focusing on the underlying energetic imbalances or disruptions in the body's energy flow that can lead to emotional, physical, or spiritual imbalances. Could we be unaware of the disharmony that may be causing illness? I wondered. Why don't we know more about our bodies? We inhabit them, and if we allow it, it holds great wisdom. It is the modern concept of mind-body-spirit that the three are interconnected and affect one another. The mind refers to our thoughts, emotions, and beliefs. The body refers to our physical being, and the spirit refers to our inner essence or soul. My disease may have presented in them all. I said yes to Western medicine, loving the speed of immediate interventions, the advances in technology, and the evidence-based science, but I had to do what brought in the balance. There was room for both Western and Eastern medicine by understanding and working with all of who we are. Science may not have caught up yet, but I knew it to be true. Each of us possess more than just physical attributes. It is the acknowledgement that other things constitute our energy and consciousness. Some will say the root of both healing and illness can often be traced back to our subtler energy body, manifesting physically only afterward. I tend to agree. Based on my observation, it is the subtle body that acts as a connection between our physical form and our spiritual makeup that goes beyond the physical. She held the space for it all. We worked with tuning forks, as it was evident that a particular frequency slowed the growth of tumor cells. I felt so strongly about the power of music that BGF posted the words of Edgar Casey. He said, the medicine of the future will be music and sound. Interestingly, the city I grew up in, Virginia Beach, Virginia, was chosen explicitly for the Casey headquarters. He is believed by many to be the father of holistic medicine. My therapist was also part of the tribe. I love that she had an integrated and wellness approach, not sitting there and staring at you with a clipboard. She had other things in her arsenal. She loved EFT, emotional freedom technique, tapping, which uses fingertip tapping to apply pressure focusing on the meridian points or energy hotspots to restore balance and relieve symptoms that a negative experience or emotion may have caused. It has been said that whenever we suffer emotional or physical trauma, a piece of our soul flees the body to survive the experience. She tapped with me as I cried, telling her about my diagnosis, and it helped me come back to myself. I remember a takeaway during one of her sessions. She said, why don't you form your internal counsel? 
I was no stranger to communicating with my deceased loved ones on the other side and decided to hold a meeting at the end of my meditation every Monday morning. It seemed like the best time to convene. I invited them in with one stipulation, to hold my best interest as a priority to attend. Each meeting started out with me thanking them for their assistance in the previous week, and we discussed the week ahead. I wanted it to be fun, so at the end of every meeting I said, in my mind, let's go play. It worked so well, I soon called a daily meeting. The tribe was expanding and I reached out to a trusted friend and colleague who happened to be a registered dietitian and cancer survivor. She enlightened me on the benefits of fasting during chemotherapy, specifically a liquid fast incorporating bone broth and protein powder. The idea behind it was to starve the cells, allowing the medicine to more effectively target while also reducing side effects. I can attest, as I only shed five pounds over the course of the six months of chemotherapy, which I quickly regained. I also consulted with an acupuncturist and herbalist who practices Eastern medicine, which seeks to enhance a person's well-being as a whole. It emphasizes our self-regulating system and how they are affected by their environment. The aim is balance, much like tending to a garden requiring regular care, adaptability, and integrity. It was something I had little knowledge of other than experimenting with herbs and doing acupuncture years ago. I remember saying, nothing is wrong, it's just stress. Do you want to try acupuncture, they asked. I nodded yes, barely able to move. Then a series of thin two-inch needles were placed along my backside with no sensation. The door shut and I was left face down on the table. What do I do now? If I moved accidentally, would they fall out? There was little ado in the process. Nevertheless, my symptoms subsided, and I thought about what those pricks released. I had let emotion come over me so strongly that it got trapped in my physical body. There was more that needed to be released now, obviously. This practitioner had a focus in oncology. His words were, Wendy, can you push back the chemotherapy two weeks? I want to bolster your system. Unfortunately, I could not, but I loved his thought process. Why wouldn't I enter the treatment at my strongest? After the first round of chemo, I felt like a baby, unable to walk due to the numbness and neuropathy in my feet. There was not a strand of hair on my head. I wasn't able to eat much, and the fatigue, forget about it, I had to nap. Once implemented, his advice took the six icky days after chemo down to one and a half, along with the fasting. He talked of pathways, inhibitors, and blood markers. The information came fast, and I scribbled it all down, things I would have to research. Soon, I had an apothecary of herbs and supplements and was bathing in flowers and making suppositories. It was hard to deny the results when he asked to frame a printout of my blood work. He had never seen a patient after several rounds of high-dose chemo have blood levels within normal range. Honestly, I think it was a combination of factors and continued to introduce members of the tribe. My best friend in an offering and or distraction from the diagnosis said, I know a woman who does healing at the spa. Eagerly, I said, sign me up. We immediately connected, like we had known each other before. Sometimes we see it and we know instantly. 
You cannot put the right mix of letters together to explain it. But inside, I was waving. Hi, thank you for showing up. I laid on the table with no expectations. She said aloud what was coming through in the form of her knowings. She used the term, I am getting. It was the information that came through when she became the channel. I had one question at the end of the session. Did you use Palo Santo? I had drifted off, but there was a faint smell of the wood. She said, no, we don't have any in the building. My God, somebody somewhere was clearing something. In Spanish, Palo Santo means holy wood, and it is best known for its purifying properties when burned. It is used to treat pain, improve stress response, inflammatory reactions, and clear negative energy. It felt similar to a gentle form of shamanism, which can be called the oldest spiritual practice in human history. Scientifically, it is known that our brain waves are in a beta state when we are in a regular state of consciousness. However, if a practitioner can reach an alpha state, a light meditative state of consciousness, and a deeper state called theta, they can access invisible worlds to aid in healing. She tracked me through the treatments, helping me embrace what was going on in my body, recognizing that the cancer was part of me. It had my attention, and I meditated strongly upon the notion. Scanning my body, I would feel for any areas, calling the attention to any abnormal cells, tumors, or lesions. I talked to my cells, thanking them for the information that they had provided, and politely asked them to leave, making way for new cells that would work in harmony with my body. I asked this process to activate as necessary until it was complete. Early one Saturday morning, I got a call from my massage therapist. I had stopped making appointments, but I was so glad she had reached out. I had just finished chemotherapy and would need help with my body's rejuvenation. She knew firsthand how the mind and body were connected. We spoke about it often. She was also a cancer survivor, or cancer thriver, as she preferred to say. It went without saying the value I placed on Reiki. I loved to see its effects, and I used it in every medical interaction. It was always the same. I would throw the symbols into the room and use them directly in my conversations. Then the energy would shift. The practitioner would become calm, curious, and often gently smiled, almost mesmerized. I think it was the absence of fear that was most noticeable to them. So I contacted a group of Reiki practitioners from mine and Ben's hospital. There was little publicly shared about the modality, and a recent article on the effectiveness had just been published. It seemed fitting, and we asked the hospital if it was okay to discuss the topic. They said yes. I knew not only that the conversation would go far, but the connection would be healing for me. The healing kept coming, and I met a colleague one day for coffee a pediatrician whom I met collaborating for BGF, working with local hospital systems around integrated medicine several years ago. I loved her passion for yoga and Ayurveda, and she walked the walk as a physician advocating for well-being. Sipping our cappuccinos, it was instantaneous. There was more to share. We jumped on a podcast and discussed what we believed as the healing truths. The light bulb finally came on. 
Why should we settle for some generic protocol or template? What works for one may not work for someone else. It is the beauty of patient-centered care. There is an array of modalities to pick from that meet us where we are. If I saw people flocking to something or it seemed like too much of a lineup, I went the other direction. I could not help but find my own way. My healing tribe let me do just that, bring in or wake up all the aspects of myself to heal. I interviewed them over season four of the podcast, appropriately titled, Finding Your Healing Tribe on the Cancer Journey. Episode one, Finding Your Healing Tribe, part two. Episode two, EFT Tapping, a healing resource. Episode three, Fasting for Chemotherapy. Episode four, Meditation for Cancer. Episode five, a holistic patient-centered approach to cancer. Episode six, the mind-body connection in cancer. Episode seven, Reiki, a cancer resource. And episode eight, Healing Truths. They were a group of supported guides who held space for me to discover my path. I didn't always agree with what was said, but that was just it. They acted like bumpers on a bowling lane, gently guiding me in the right direction. Though the circumstances may not have been optimal having cancer, we were brought together for a reason, to spread the message of healing. Stay tuned for episode four, Keep Going, where I share my resilience when faced with adversity. Until next time. To learn more about the Sundays with Wendy podcast, visit sundayswithwendy.com. Or to learn more about the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation, visit benjamingoldbergfoundation.org. I would love to connect with you. You can get me directly on both, wendy at sundayswithwendy.com or wendy at benjamingoldbergfoundation.org. Please follow, subscribe, and share this podcast. With eight seasons and over 80 episodes, it is a joy to bring you the world of healing, one season at a time. This information offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you should have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay obtaining medical or health-related advice from your health care professionals because of something you may have heard on this podcast. The use of any information provided is solely at your own risk.